Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. I'm so glad that you're here, and I really appreciate all of your feedback on the last episode that I put out last week um, called Way to Go Mama. That's not what it was called. What was it called? (laughs) It was called Good Job Mama. And your feedback meant everything. I appreciate all the kind words and comments and I just really appreciate it. And so I'm going to go ahead and take this moment to remind you that you can always reach me at Waddell Running Lady on Instagram through direct message. I also have an email for this show that is called fun of the run podcast at gmail.com. So please reach out to me at any time. I read every single message and I appreciate hearing from you. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I've been thinking a lot about being a beginner and I feel like when I first started running, Instagram maybe wasn't as prolific as it is now. I don't know. That could just be relative to my situation, but I just don't remember seeing so much about running back in 2018. It just seems like the sport has blown up maybe and exploded and, or maybe it's just because I'm in it. I'm in the middle of it now that I see so many more posts about it. And it just seems like the advice is rampant and uh, the opinions are everywhere. And everybody has an opinion about what you should be doing if you're a beginner or what you should not be doing. I don't remember it being quite that way when I first started, but It was May of 2018 when I first started running, and a lot of you have heard this story probably before. I'm just going to share it briefly, but it was a couple of weeks before my 44th birthday, and before this time, I had never been active except for a year previously. At the very beginning of 2017, I had started kind of a, what I call a lifestyle change, I guess. My mom had passed away of ovarian cancer back in 2010. And I was dealing with life issues. I was dealing with um, a rebellious teenager. Um, I had a new baby, all of these things when my mom first passed away. And it took me, well, seven years to get to a place in my own life where I felt like I could kind of try to focus on my health and myself. You know, I needed to do something for myself. So at the beginning of 2017, I started, well, the best way that I know how to describe it is I embarked on this, this lifestyle change. And I wanted to try to be as healthy as I could be for myself and for my family. And back in those days, I felt like, well, the first place to start is to lose weight. And so I hired a somebody that I thought was a nutritionist. She ended up not being one. She was more of a like kind of like a personal trainer, I guess, that would come to my house. And she did teach me some things about eating and all of that. But she would also work out with me. And like, you know, once a week, every couple of weeks, it wasn't like a weekly thing. She taught me a lot actually about you need to be consistent with, you know, getting exercise, but you also need to change it up. And, and we just did everything. I mean, we did walking and we did, um, strength training and we did a little bit of, uh, we did a little bit of jogging and, and like going up and down bleachers. And I think we just jogged once, 
but we just did a bunch of everything. She was super helpful in kind of, you know, influencing me as far as I needed to start incorporating different things into my life besides just walking. That was the only thing I had ever done um, in the 20-ish years previous to hiring this lady. Her name was Cece. In the 20 years prior to hiring Cece, I would walk only as part of a diet. So I did multiple fad diets. Whatever the fad was, I would do it. So I did um, Weight Watchers. I did Herbalife. I did uh, the Clinic 30 diet twice. I did the Cabbage Soup diet. I did the Mayo Clinic diet. I did so many things. I can't, I know I'm forgetting some. I did a lot of things. And if the diet said walk 30 minutes a day, I would walk 30 minutes a day, but that was it. Like I would not do anything extra. I would not, I, I just had no concept of, of exercise, you know, in any way, shape or form. And for any reason, it was just like, okay, well, the diet said walk 30 minutes a day. I'll do it. So CC was really instrumental in helping me see that there's more to life than walking. But anyway, so I say all that to say that when I started running in 2018, um, that was the only experience that I had was, was, was with CC. And so, you know, strength training with her, uh, walking with her, you know, she's the one that encouraged me to go buy a bicycle, things like that. That was all of the experience that I had with exercise when I first started running in May of 2018. So I was a newbie. I was a complete and utter beginner, which there's nothing wrong with that. We all have to start somewhere. And when I first started running, there really wasn't, I didn't know a whole lot of anything. And I started with uh, an app because I had heard people say couch to 5k. So I looked it up. I did download it. I didn't like the interface of it. I just didn't like how, how it worked. And so I ended up going with another app called 5k runner. It was easier for me to figure out and to use. And so I used that to train for my first 5k that happened in August of 2018. And then right after I finished my first 5k, I had talked to somebody, um, at church, Holly, my friend, Holly, that I've referred to different times in posts and on this podcast, my friend Holly ended up telling me about the Nike Run Club app and she said it's free and, you know, just kind of telling me all about it. I downloaded the Nike Run Club app and that is what I used to train for my first 10K and for my first half marathon. And so in those days, so, you know, the rest of 2018 and going into 2019 when I ran my first half, that was what I used. I didn't have a coach. I just used the Nike Run Club app. The Nike Run Club app back then, I don't have any experience with it today as far as the training plans go. I do use it on occasion for a guided run, but I haven't used any of their training plans since 2019. But back then, when you used a training plan on Nike Run Club, it would adjust according to your pace. And it would also tell you, um, strength train on this day or work out on this day, you know, and it, it would tell you, it would give you specific runs to do and recommendations for pace and all of that. But then it would also tell you like which days to rest and which days to, to strength train or to cross train or whatever. And you could, you were always free to like move those around within the week, but that was as much experience as I had with, with like a training plan was, Nike run club. So 
I was planning to use that same app to train for my first full marathon, which ended up being Mesa Marathon in February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, right before everything shut down. But I saw a post on Instagram by Run for PRs, and it said something about here's how to calculate what time, here's how to calculate what your marathon finish time will be. And it gave a formula like take your half marathon time, multiply it by two and add 20 minutes. And so I did that and I came up with, um, I think five hours and 35 minutes or something like that, or five hours and 40 minutes, something like that. And back in those days, the course limit for Mesa marathon was six hours. They've since changed it to six hours and 30 minutes, but in 2020 it was six hours. And when I saw that I was going to come so close to the finish time, the cutoff time, I started panicking and I ended up reaching out to run for PRs for coaching. And so I first started working with run for PRs in June of 2019. And I ended up being a client of theirs through June of 2023. So for four entire years, I was coached by run for prs and it was an awesome experience i highly recommend them especially if you prefer to run roads i feel like they are more suited for that um not that there's anything wrong with that they're excellent for road marathons road halves road 10ks road fives boston qualifying all of that um i wanted to branch out into the ultra world into the trail running world and I didn't feel like I got as much support in in that direction. So that is why I ultimately, and other reasons too, that is why I ultimately ended up switching to coach that I have now, which is Kylie. And she is the owner of Desert to Peak Coaching, which I will include her info in the show notes for this episode. But I'm saying all of this to tell you that I was a beginner at this point from today where today I am almost six years down the line from when I very first started running. And I feel like I've learned an awful lot in that time period. And everybody starts somewhere. And there is nothing wrong with admitting the fact that you are a beginner at running. There is nothing wrong with admitting the fact that you don't know. And we are human, you know, all of us are human. And honestly, I will be the first to admit, okay, let me just preface this before I go any further. I am not a run coach. I am not a nutrition coach. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a physical therapist, a physical trainer. I don't have any credentials. The only experiences that I have are my own. And I am only an expert in my own in my own experiences. That's it. So I will say that before I say anything else, but even coaches and even professionals, they're human and they started at day one too. They had their schooling and their certifications and all of that. But there was a day when this was their first day being a run coach. This was their first day being a nutrition coach. This was their first day being an expert. You know, we all start at day one. And that, that is a beautiful thing and there's nothing to be ashamed of and there's nothing wrong with that. 
what I've been seeing a lot of, and I, I get questions a lot too. Um, what I've noticed is so many people want to just jump into doing everything at once. So, and I remember what, what that was like when I very first started running, I wanted to run all the races and I wanted to sign up for everything. And I wanted to just, you know, have the shoes and I wanted to find the cool gear. And, and I wanted to, it was like, almost like I wanted to do what everybody else was doing. I think that for a lot of people, the temptation is, well, I need X, Y, Z, or I need to follow XYZ person, or I need to run this certain distance because all these other people are doing it. And I feel like that's probably a constant battle for most of us, but especially I think that as beginner, that beginner runners, they're, they're bombarded with all of these different social media posts and especially on Instagram and well, Instagram to me is where it's at. I'll just say that. I digress for a second. I am on Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook. Facebook is something that I'm required to have for some of the ambassadorships that I have. So I'm required to be in private groups on Facebook. And sometimes I will interact in those groups, but I, I don't just go post to Facebook. So when I'm talking about social media, I'm referring to Instagram because that's, that's my thing. That's where I'm at. And that's the social media that I focus on personally myself. So if you hear me talking about social media, Instagram is what I'm referring to. Okay. So I feel like at least from what I've seen on Instagram, there's a lot of, you can get a lot of advice. You can get a lot of inspiration. But there's also that that comparison game that happens on Instagram. And I know sometimes I'll get FOMO. You know, I'll see somebody running this epic race and I'm like, I want to run that race. You know, I want to sign up for that or I want to go there. But then I have to remember that I'm just me. You know, I'm a mom. I've got a family. <laughs> you know, I can't just take off and run all over. Um, obviously. I, I can sometimes, but I can't just on a whim, usually just take off and go do whatever I want, you know, chasing my running goals all over the country is, or all over the world as much as I want, you know, would probably want to. But I wanted to just talk about a few things about being a beginner. And these are going to be very basic things, but I feel like it's very important and that it needs to be said. And so I'm just going to go for it. Okay. So one of the questions that I get a lot is, what kind of shoes do you wear? And or what is your favorite brand of running shoe? And I'm happy to answer the question. And I'll just tell you all here, my favorite brand of running shoe for myself personally is Topo Athletics. Um, it's not a brand that you hear of very often. Topo is spelled T-O-P-O. Topos are very similar to ultras, except Topos do not have zero drop. And I don't do well with zero drop. So I run in topo on the roads and I run in topo on the trails. So those are my favorite shoes for me specifically. But how I determined that was through a lot of trial and error. And if you're just starting out in, in running, my first recommendation is to go to a, your local running store and hopefully it's a good one and hopefully they perform gait analyses there. You want to have somebody, a fit expert, analyze your gait. 
You want them to watch how you run, watch how you walk uh, at the store that I go to called Tortoise and Hare Sports in Glendale, Arizona. They will use an iPad and they will video you walking up and down barefoot and they will determine what type of shoes you need uh, based on whether or not you pronate or supinate. They will have you stand on a machine that kind of analyzes your the pressure points on the bottoms of your feet and determine whether or not you need inserts in your running shoes. They do all kinds of things. Measure your feet to make sure you're getting the right size. I know for me personally, I wear a size 10 in everyday shoes. In running shoes, I usually size an entire size up. So all of my running shoes are size 11 in women's, or sometimes I will wear men's because I just like them better or they're more comfortable or whatever and I will wear a size 10 in men's. So that's super important if you are going to be running, especially if you want to be a lifelong runner and you want to do this long-term, please, please go get fitted at a running store. The other thing that I recommend is don't try to do too much too fast. So a lot of times I see people on social media that they want to bite off more than they can chew. So it's like, well, everybody else is running this marathon. I'm going to go ahead and run a marathon. And you know, you can, and some people can. I want to say this nicely and politely. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can skip every distance and run your first ultra does not mean that you should. It doesn't mean you shouldn't either. I'm just telling you, I'm just throwing out my opinion. The comparison game can be harmful for you in a lot of ways for me too. I'm trying to think how to say this nicely and I don't know how else to say it except for just because you can doesn't always mean that you should. There are people that do run streaks and I'm not going to bash run streaks. I, I don't agree with them. I don't believe in them because I don't believe in them for myself. My body does not do well with run streaks and I need a rest day every week. So I take one full rest day from running every single week and I'm not ever going to change that. (laughs) That's what I do and that's what my body needs. And so that's just one example. Just because you see lots of different people out there doing a run streak does not mean that you need to, that you should, or that you have to. If you want to go right ahead, but you do not have to do what you see other people doing. It doesn't make you any less of a runner, any less serious about the sport. It also doesn't make you better than anybody else, you know, to each his own. And if you want to, and if that's what works for your body, great, go for it. But I personally don't see the necessity in it. And I don't have any desire to, to streak. That's just my personal opinion though. So if you are just starting out and you are a new runner, please don't feel pressured to do a run streak. It's not necessary. Okay. So I have some more advice. (laughs) Just add my name to all the other people out there giving advice. Okay. I'm just going to share kind of the progression of my own personal experience. And this is not to say that you need to do what I did. But I'm a fan of the more gradual approach. And when I was being coached by Run for PRs, their recommendation overall, and and of course, every athlete was different, but their recommendation overall 
was to only do between one and two marathons per year. And like I said, they were focused more on the road running. So that was a rule that I kind of had ingrained in me. And so I never did more than two marathons in a year when I was being coached by them. So this is kind of how I started out when I, I started out by running a 5k. As soon as I finished training for the 5k, I started training for a 10k. And then when I finished training for the 10k, I started training for a half marathon. I ran my first half marathon and it was in February. And so then I kind of spent the summer doing a lot of virtual races and did I? No, I did not. No, I didn't. That's not true. I started, once I did my first half marathon, I had signed up for my first full, which was going to be a year out. So I spent that summer after my first half um, building base building and kind of getting my mileage up. <clears throat> I was only running for 15 mi miles a week back then. And so I needed to kind of get my mileage up a little bit before I started training for my first full. I ran my first full marathon in February of 2020. So from the time I started running, it was May of 2018. My first full was in February of 2020. So less than two years later. Okay, so I went from 5K to 10K to half marathon. And the time between my first 5K, between when I started to run to my first marathon was 21 months. So it, it was almost two years before I ran my very first full marathon. From my first full marathon until I ran my first ultra marathon was three years. It was three years later before I ran my first ultra. So from the time I started running in May of 2018 until my first ultra in January of 2023 was, you know, four and a half years later, right? And very gradual. And then I spent all of 2023 basically um, focusing on the 50K distance. And my plan for 2024 is to focus on the 50 mile and the, and the 100K distance. And then in 2025, I would love to jump to a 100 miler. I don't have any plans beyond that at the moment. But my point is saying that the buildup has been very gradual. And I think that I prefer that approach because I really feel like for myself personally, that I would have gotten burnt out very quickly if I would have tried to jump distances too quickly. Now we are all completely different people. And I understand that I am 49 years old. And I also understand I found running later in life at almost 44. I am a big girl. I'm not a, I don't look like a typical runner. And, you know, I'm a woman. There are factors I'm sure that affect me that, that may or may not affect you. And maybe your body could handle more and quicker jumps in distance. But I just want to say that you do not need to feel pressured to run any race that you don't want to run. And you also don't need to feel pressure to jump in distance just because you see other people out doing things. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And, and 
on top of that, if you do too much too soon, you will find yourself more than likely injured or burnout or both. And so what I mean by burnout is you get to this place in your training where you're just, you're taking on more than you should. You know, your load is greater than, than it should be. And you are mentally burnt out. Physically, you can also burn yourself out and be so fatigued that you just, your life will be miserable. And so I found myself in February of 2021, I found myself really, was it February of 2021? Let me think. No, in February of 2022, I found myself pushing past what I should push. Um, I was injured. I had an ankle injury. And I can't, I'm trying to think how I got that injury. I just, I know I have wonky ankles and I've sprained my ankles multiple times and I, I wasn't warming up and I wasn't um, doing ankle mobility and I just, I wasn't stretching. I wasn't doing all the things that I knew to do. And so I ended up with my right ankle just in extreme pain and I was running a 10 K in, let's see, I think it was in January of 2022 and I was running a 10 K and I ended up last with a truck crawling behind me. And it was just a small local 10K. And I had 10 miles on my plan that day because I was training for Mesa Half Marathon. And I knew that I was in extreme pain, but I was just going to push through. And so I pushed through and I got a mile in and I was in so much pain and I couldn't go any faster. And I was last and I just said, I'm done. And I gave my bib back to, you know, I walked all the way back to the starting line, turned my bib in, said, I'm done. That was my first and only DNF so far. And dummy me jumped in my car, drove an hour away and thought, well, I still have 10 miles to run. I think I had eight left at that point because I did two. I still have eight miles to go. I'll just go somewhere different, somewhere new where the scenery is different and I'll get through it even if it's slow. No, I couldn't even, I couldn't even run. I was in so much pain, but I was so stubborn that I decided I was going to push through anyways. I ended up in misery for eight miles, hobbling along this road in a strange place. My rear end ended up in physical therapy for months and months. And the only way I got through Mesa half marathon a few weeks later is I took ibuprofen before the race and it dulled the pain in my ankle and I was able to run the entire half marathon without stopping to take any walk breaks. I mean, it was slow, but I was able to run the whole thing without taking any walk breaks because I had taken ibuprofen first. And then I found myself at the physical therapist because as soon as ibuprofen wore off, I mean, talk about excruciating pain. I was, I was so stupid and I regret doing that so much, except that I learned a very valuable lesson that day. There are times when you just do not push. There's certain pain where you just, you don't push past, you know, you should not push past and that's different for everybody. So I say all of that to say, say you start running. Okay. Especially if you don't have any kind of a running background and this is your first time ever running. I, I just, I can't hardly see the need of you just, you're just a baby in that sense. You're just learning, you know, you're just starting to run. You don't need to sign up for every race 
that you see everybody else signing up for. Learn how to run first, you know, work on your form, figure out what shoes that you like to run in. And that can change the longer distances. I had shoes I was totally fine with until I started hitting double digit miles and then they would kill my feet. Well, obviously that's not going to work if I'm running a marathon. I need shoes that don't kill my feet after 16 miles. So I had to switch shoe brands. So there are so many things to learn along the way and there's no right or wrong way to do things. But if you try to do too much too fast, you're going to burn out and you're going to get injured most likely. You know, the, the caveat to that is there are people that can go run marathons with zero training. And I've seen different challenges, like especially it seems to always be young men on YouTube. And they're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a marathon today. And they literally go sign up to run a marathon. And, you know, they finish in the examples that I've seen, they finish, but they're hobbling and they're in all this pain and they're, you know, and it's just like, whatever, like, what is the point? So just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And there is nothing wrong with being a beginner. You don't have to chase all of the goals that you see everybody else chasing. And, and the other part to that, the other thing to this is make running your own journey, you know, and I, I say this a lot, but make it your own story. Your story does not have to be like everybody else's story. Your story does not have to be like mine. You don't have to start with a 5k and gradually work your way up to an ultra marathon and then to a hundred miler. You don't have to ever do any of that. You don't ever have to run a race, but you also, sure, if you want to start by training for a marathon, more power to you, but you do not have to follow everyone else's plan. You don't have to do what everyone else has done. There does not have to be, there's not one recipe for success or, you know, or for happiness in this sport. You, you, I would hope that you find the joy in running. And to me, that's more important than anything else with running is if you're not going to enjoy it, then what is the point? You know, yes, you know, some people do it. They hate running, but they feel like it keeps them active and it helps them keep the weight off or whatever. But for me, I run because I love it because I want to. It makes me feel amazing. And I, I said in a post recently, it makes me feel like a warrior goddess, which it really does. And I just, I love to run. And so I don't run to try to lose weight, even though that's what I originally started for. I do not run for that reason. And you need to find your why. So your why will be different than mine. And your why will be different than somebody else's. And that's okay. If you try to do what everybody else is doing, you're not making it your own. You need to find your own motivation so that when, you know, you sign up for that dream race, it's completed. Well, what are you going to do next? You know, and if you're really not loving what you're doing and if it's not making you happy, then what's going to keep you going? You know, what, what's going to keep motivating you? What's going to keep giving you that push to get up every day and train when it's cold, when it's dark or when it's hot and when it's miserable outside, What's going to keep you going during those times? So, you know, you're out here doing all these things and you're out here racing and you're out here doing all this stuff and getting all the gear and doing everything. If you don't have your own why, it's just not going to be good. So being a beginner is actually a beautiful thing and it means you can start 
right at the beginning of your own story. And when it comes to running, being a beginner is, it's a great place to be. And you can try to figure out, like we all have to figure out how to start and where to go and what to do. And we all go about it a little bit differently, but shoes are super important. Not doing too much too soon is super important. And I've already talked about this a little bit, but also not comparing yourself to everyone else is so, 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 so important. It's important when you're first starting out, but it's, it's important the whole time that you're running because I still struggle with this and I'm almost six years in, which is not very long compared to some of you I know that have been running a lifetime, but I still find myself sometimes comparing myself to other people and feeling inferior because I'm not fast, because I'm not trying to Boston qualify, because I'm not running a hundred mile race this year, because I'm not running a 50 mile race this year. You know, I'm not running my first 50 until next year. And like I'm behind, it makes me feel like I'm behind the times, you know, I'm slacking off. I am not trying hard enough. I'm, you know, I'm not fast enough. I'm this and that. Comparison can be the thief of joy in anything, but but especially in running, it can be the thief of joy. And you'll just, if you allow yourself to, you know, to do that, then it'll be a miserable life. (laughs) It'll be miserable. So I catch myself doing that sometimes. And then I just have to just stop it in its tracks because this is my journey. This is my story that I'm writing and it's a beautiful story and I like how it's going so far. And so I don't need to worry about what everyone else is doing. I've also learned that if there's somebody that is, does not bring you that joy or that is not helping you on Instagram, somebody that is not, you know, inspiring you or, or whatever, unfollow that person. There's nothing wrong with doing that. If seeing them in your feed causes you grief, if seeing them in your feed causes you angst, unfollow that person. You don't need to follow people that are going to cause you that kind of, of, of feel those kinds of feelings. And so that's just what you do. I'm trying to think what else. So don't do too much too fast, get good shoes. Don't compare yourself to other people. And remember that for all of you listening, we're doing this for fun. We are doing this because we love to do it and not because we're getting paid to do it in most cases, not because we are trying to feed our family, you know, by our running addiction. I mean, that would be great to get paid to go run every day. That'd be amazing. But that's not the case for us. Um, As far as I'm, as far as I know, none of us here are getting paid to go run every day. It's supposed to be fun. And I cannot tell you how many times that I have had to be reminded of this fact. My last coach ever had to remind me of this multiple times. Kylie, my current coach, has had to remind me of this. Running is supposed to be fun. Running is not a life or death situation. Running is not something, you know, if you miss your run today, you're going to die tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Running is not something that, you know, if you miss this week's workout, you know, the whole rest of your life is going to be ruined. It's not that way. And so I, I do take my running very seriously because it has changed my life and it has given me so much. But sometimes I take it too serious and forget that it is just supposed to be for fun, that the sun doesn't rise and fall based on my running schedule. The sun does not rise and fall depending on whether or not 
I hit my mileage goal for this week. It's just not that important. And so even though it's very, very important to us, it's not that important. And so have fun with it and make sure that you are running your own race and running your own way and writing your own running story and not just taking, you know, you can take a page out of someone's book. That's fine. You can take a page from someone else's story and incorporate it into yours and, and try to, you know, maybe emulate that person, but it, you shouldn't be trying to be that person. You know, you just, you need to make this your own running story. Another tip that I have for beginners is another tip that I have for beginners is, you know, there's going to be a temptation to sign up for every ambassadorship that you can. And, you know, in the hopes of maybe getting free product or whatever. And no doubt people feel differently about this one than I do. But what I've learned is, and I'm still learning this, is just really double check what the posting requirements are. Really double check what your commitment would be with a brand. Because sometimes it's it's sweet and you, you know, okay, I'm an ambassador. I get 40% off of this product at all times. And that's pretty much all it is, is you say that you won't use any other comparable product and in turn you get 40% off. So it's almost like you're the one driving the brand because if, if you become an ambassador for that company, you get a discount. And so it's something that you, you know, if it's something that you use all the time anyways, then great. But if it's not, it, it's not really doing anything for you. And so I just think that you know, it's important to really look deeply into those kind of ambassadorships. Um, there are some that there's one, which I'm, I'm not going to name it right now, but there's one that I will not be returning to next year because this one would send out free products. So you would have to opt into certain, certain products or races or whatever. And then in turn, you would be required to post you know, six to eight social media posts and some in stories, some in, in your feed and this and that. And while I would enjoy the products that were given to me, six to eight posts, especially a lot of it would be like within a month or within six weeks to post about a certain product once a week in a unique, you know, post and a different, you know, not just the same piece of content over and over, but that's a lot of content in my opinion to create and to kind of shove down the throats of my followers. And so, um, I just started feeling uncomfortable with that one. Loved getting free products, but felt like, yeah, I won't be returning to that one next year. So just as a new runner, think about that um, and investigate all of the requirements up front and just be prepared. If it's something that you really want to do, then go for it. But you don't, you don't have to. It's not, it's not a requirement to be an ambassador. Um, and it's not always, like I said, you just have to decide what you're willing to, um, to do that way. The other piece of advice that I have for new runners is that it's okay for your goals to be different than someone else's goals. You don't have to always want to have a goal to get faster. Um, this one has taken me a, a long time to finally just be okay with admitting that I don't have a goal of getting faster. And 
I think I've always said I, I don't have a goal to Boston qualify. But besides that, I don't have a goal to get faster. Okay, let me qualify that. I would not mind running to my best capabilities and getting a little bit faster as far as not having to worry so much about, you know, getting cut from, from courses. But as far as trying to like, I want to be able to run at this certain pace per mile or whatever. I don't have goals to do that. I want to run for fun. I want to run the races that I want to run. I want to experience the trails. I want to see my friends. I want to be part of the running community. And my goals are not to try to get faster. And that is okay. So I'm just here to tell you that if you are a beginner runner, it is okay to not want to get faster. It is also okay if you are a new runner to not have a coach. You will hear a lot of people on Instagram have coaches. I have a coach. And the main reason I have a coach, well, I I have a coach to help me get to train for races, obviously. But I personally like having a coach in my, just my base building eras as well, because I like to stay in good running shape at all times. So I like having a coach, even if I'm maybe not specifically training for something at that moment. I love getting up in the morning, looking at my plan and knowing, hey, I'm going to cross train today. Hey, I'm going to run a couple miles today. You know, and I don't have to decide that myself. My coach does. And I, I personally love that type of of accountability that it gives to me. Not everybody has the luxury of, of having a coach. And I understand that. And I just want to say that you, that having a coach is not a requirement to being a good runner or to being a runner in any way, shape or form. You do not need to have a coach and you just, you just don't have to, but if you want one, by all means, I know some good ones and <laughs> I can recommend, uh, but it's certainly not necessary. The last thing I'm going to add, another thing that I really wish beginners understood because I know I didn't understand at the very beginning is, is this, you really need to prioritize rest and recovery. I mentioned, you know, the run streak and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, the fact that I don't, I don't like them, but one of the main reasons for that is for me personally, and I, I know for a lot of other athletes out there, rest and recovery is, is imperative. If you're going to be able to perform at your best, obviously, you know, you're just running for fun. You know, maybe you're not racing and you're like, well, I don't need to rest. I don't need to recover whatever. This is just for fun. It's totally up to you. And I mean, you can do whatever you want. But what I found for me personally is, like I said, I'm 49. You know, I didn't start running until I was almost 44. I need my sleep. And I've noticed that the older I get, I need, I say eight hours. I never get eight hours. Even if I lay in bed for eight hours, I, I can't really sleep that entire time. So I just I'm like laying there. That rest and that recovery is so important for me to be able to get up the next day and go do whatever I need to do workout wise. If I have a long run, if I have a speed workout, if I have a cross training day, whatever, getting that rest consistently as I can. And, you know, again, we all have busy lives, right? And we work and we have 
responsibilities and and I get that. And so some people don't have as much time to sleep and I totally get that, but do what you can. In my opinion, I recommend just doing what you can sleep wise, try to get as much sleep as you can if at all possible and make sure that if you do have a coach and your coach schedules a rest day, take the rest day, take the rest day. And I've just found myself personally that giving myself those days where I'm not running. So I don't ever run on Sundays. Well, I just ran yesterday and it was Sunday, but for the most part, 99% of the time, Sunday is my rest day. I find that having that day allows me to reset and go into my next, the next week of training, just fresher and more able to just kind of pick up where I left off. It's so important to listen to your body. And if your body is telling you, you need to slow down, you need to slow down. If your body is telling you, you need a rest day, then take the rest day. And I will say something else with my coach that I have, Kylie, and even the coach that I had prior to Kylie, if I truly needed a rest day, I would just say that to my coach and they they were both, they are very willing to work with you. And I've heard this from other coaches as well. You know your body best and maybe you're starting to get sick or maybe you've just dealt with a lot of stress or maybe you're going through something difficult or it's been a rough day. Sometimes that rest is more beneficial to you than trying to push through a run. And so just if you get nothing else out of this episode, listening to your body and really prioritizing rest and recovery is huge, is so, so huge. And recovery, so I touched a lot on the rest part, but that recovery includes, it can include, include eating, drinking, um, it can include foam rolling, you know, putting your legs up the wall. It can include stretching. It can include mobility. It can include a, include a lot of different things. Whatever you need to do to recover from your run or your workout, do that thing. So, so important. Not about being a new runner is this. You will not find a more supportive and inclusive group of people than the running community, um, especially and at the risk of sounding, you know, what judgmental, I guess, especially the trail running community, the running community in general, I've always found to be very supportive, but especially the trail running community, the inclusivity, the support, the encouragement on and off the course, on and off the trails, on and off the roads has been just phenomenal. And the, the people that reach out and tell you that they're cheering for you, that they're rooting for you, that show their support and their love and comment and, and just in general, reach out and, you know, recognize you at races or whatever the, the running community in general, you will not find a better group of people. That's something you've got going for you. If you have not already discovered that you're in for a pleasant surprise because it's going to be wonderful. And running is such an amazing thing. And 
I'll just share this briefly before I quit for the day. <laughs> I teach Sunday school at church. I teach a group of teen, teen girls. And so sometimes when I'm teaching my, my lessons on Sunday mornings, I run a lot. And so a lot of my examples that I give the girls during class have a running theme, you know, so yesterday in Sunday school, I was telling the girls about a situation that I was dealing with and it involved another runner. And my daughter, I looked back at my daughter, she's in my Sunday school class. And I think she was back there just like rolling her eyes. And I said, Madison, I'm sorry, but you know, this is how I'm relating. This is how I relate to this situation. And it was just this big, old long running story. It was just really funny, but running has influenced my life so much. And it, it just, it's just brought me so many friends and it's brought me such joy and it's, and I love it. And there are things that are more important to me than running. Absolutely. My faith, my family, um, things like that. But running has opened up so many possibilities for me, so many opportunities and opened my eyes to how beautiful that the world really is. And so if you are just embarking on your own running journey and just getting started writing your own running story, I am just beyond thrilled for you. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited to be a part of it because you're here on my podcast, listening to my story. And that makes me so happy. And so let me know what you think of this episode. What did I forget that you would tell somebody that is just beginning to start running? What would you, what advice would you give to a new runner? Let me know. Let me know what I forgot. Message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady or email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com and let me know. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode as well. So thank you again for being here. I hope that there was something beneficial to you in this episode. Remember that running is supposed to be fun. And that's why this podcast is called Fun of the Run Podcast. It's meant to be something fun and enjoyable. It's meant to, it's meant to elevate your life. And so.